Welcome to the Evangel Palatine Podcast, the official podcast of Evangel Church in Palatine, Illinois. Well, hello, Evangel Church. It's so good to see everybody. How are you doing? Come on, right now, if you're watching online, I want you to put your favorite emoji in the comments to let me know how you are doing. It's so good to have you a part of this. We're watching from all over the nation. We're excited about that. We've got people right here in the the church building on site in Hanover Park. And so we're just grateful. My name's Trenton LaFoon. In case uh, you haven't had a chance to meet me, I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church. Now today, I want to take a few minutes and talk to you about active waiting. Active waiting. Because 2020 has kind of been a season of active waiting, or at least nonetheless, it's been a waiting season. The consensus in our world is that uh, we're just waiting to see how things go. I don't know if you feel this way. I know I've had moments where I've felt this way, but a lot of people, I think, are just not wanting to make decisions. They're not sure what they should do next. They're just saying things like, let's see how the fall goes. Let's see how things play out. It's kind of like that group of friends who just can't decide where to go eat, right? You've been in one of those groups before, and it's like, well, what do you want? I don't care. Well, what do you want? I don't know. Nobody wants to make a decision. Oh, man, it's like an hour later, and we're still not eating, right? Like, that's what 2020 kind of feels like, and it's crazy. It's been fun, though, because Hannah and I, are really excited about what God is doing. I can honestly say that, that we are just so excited about where God is moving and how he is working. And we've been taking additional time this year to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord. The, the extra time and energy that we've been given by God, we're using this year to make sure that we say, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? Where are the shifts in culture happening? We wanna know, we wanna, we wanna be the kind of people that are aware of that. And so I can say to you today, I'm, I'm grateful for what God is doing. I'm not gonna stand behind my curtains in my house and be fearful or anxious about what might or might not happen because God said in his word that he works things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so my job is I'm gonna love God with all of my heart. I'm gonna give him everything that I've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna position myself in that way, knowing that even a season where school looks different, we've been back to school now. Some of you started this week. Some of you, my kids start this coming Monday. And, and uh, so we're in that journey with you. We're in this thing together. But whether it looks different, whether we, you know, we've got hurricanes hitting the, the southern portion of our country, we've had all kinds of, of riots and protests. I mean, we've had all kinds of stuff this year. I feel like 2020 can't, when is it going to stop outdoing itself? I mean, when is 2020 going to just like, all right, let's just, that was enough for one year, right? But in the midst of all of that, can I just tell you, like, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be anxious. We just don't because God is working things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I'm telling you today, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And so I want to talk to you about this active waiting because you're not alone 
when it comes to this uncertainty, right? Uncertain times create uncertain feelings inside of us. We feel a little bit uneasy and we're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And that's okay. In fact, today, I just want you to, to rest in the fact that it's okay that you might not feel okay. You might not feel like you've got a hold on life. You might not feel like you've got everything under control. That's okay. It's not your job to control everything. It's not your job to figure it all out. It's not your job to make sure that everything goes according to plan because this world isn't about your plan. It's about his plan, right? And so, so as we've been looking at the idea of renewal, which we've been in a journey now for, for several weeks, and we've been trying to just understand what God wants to do. Can I just tell you that even if your circumstances are uncertain, it does not change how God wants to work in your life. It just doesn't. Sometimes I think that we, we feel like, oh, because the world is in a frenzy, God must be in a frenzy. No, he's not. He, he doesn't operate like that. He's very much in control of things. He's very much aware of things. And, and, and you're not the only one. Sometimes it's easy to feel like we're the only one. But can I just tell you that even if we go back and look at the Bible, which we're going to do in the book of Acts and the early church, even the disciples who walked with Jesus felt uncertain. Even they, like, I mean, I feel like, you know, sometimes I've got an excuse because I'm not like walking with Jesus. I didn't like see him like in person. I'm not following him everywhere he goes from town to town. But even the guys who did felt this. They struggled with this. In fact, so much so that Jesus speaks to them before he dies on the cross. As he's getting ready, we're almost to that point in the narrative of Scripture where Jesus is going to die on the cross for all of humanity and pay for the sins of humanity. But before he does that, he, he's sitting there and he's talking with his followers, his disciples, those closest to him. And he says, I've told you these things, John chapter 16, so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell them to you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best of all if I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Did you catch that? Jesus just gave us the antidote for our anxiety. I mean, the disciples, they were so concerned and so focused on what they thought Jesus should be doing 
that they never asked where he was going. This is such an important reality in our lives because so many times I find myself, I know you've probably been in this moment, but we focus so much on the way we think God should be working and moving and how he should fix our world and all of our problems and all of our scenarios. And, and we get into this mode where we, we've got it all sorted out and, and God's like, but you didn't ask me where I'm going. You forgot to ask me what I'm up to because he's working a plan. He's doing something monumental. He's shifting things in our world and we don't always like it. We don't always like change. We don't always like to have to do things different. We don't always, it just makes us uncomfortable. I know it does for me. Sometimes when God stretches you or pushes you out of your comfort zone, it, it can be very uncomfortable can be very uncertain. And that's where the disciples were to the point they had it figured out. I mean, he echoes this. Jesus echoes what he says to them. Now, fast forward to after he died on the cross, he has now raised from the dead and appears to his disciples. And when he appears to them, guess what he says? Luke chapter 24. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Acts chapter 1, it goes on to say, Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke of the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was preparing them for what was about to happen in their life. Not in the world, not in Jerusalem, but in their life. How many times do you spend your days walking with God thinking, oh, I can't wait to see how God's going to change all the corruptness, how he's going to fix all the evil, how he's going to solve all these issues that we seem to face year after year, day after day, when God's saying, I'm preparing for something that I'm going to do in your life. He, he wants to renew you. That's always been his heart. That doesn't change. That is his goal for your life. It's not for you to focus on getting... I mean, this is, this is where they focused. The problem is... is so, so they're about to, to experience the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? So just like people are baptized in water... Maybe you've had that experience and you've taken that step of faith. Maybe you haven't and that's something you should consider doing to better honor the, the work that God has done in your life. If, he, if Jesus has saved you, your only natural response at that point is to say, I want the world to know it. And that's what baptism is. It's a physical sign that Jesus has transformed you inside. Well, here, Jesus is talking about the fact that just like 
John baptized people in water to showcase the washing away of their sins. Now the disciples were about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which means they were about to receive a physical sign that the Holy Spirit had been deposited into their life. They were going to receive a physical evidence that the the helper was there, was with them. Was, was ready to guide them through their life. This is really important, church. This is really important to understand because God wants us to know when and how he is working in our life. He is not a mysterious God in the sense that he is saying, well, you're never gonna really know what I'm doing in your life but I'm working behind the scenes and I'm trying to do all this stuff that changes you and makes your decisions different. Like that's, he's not, he's not leveraging us that way. He actually wants you to know that he is with you and that he is empowering you. And the disciples were about to be empowered for the ministry that they didn't even know they were moving towards. They, they didn't know all the things that God was going to use them to do, but they knew that Jesus told them, wait, and I'll send you somebody to, to help you. Here's the problem, though. The weight of faith is harder than the walk of faith. It's harder to wait than it is to walk. I bet each and every one of you struggle with waiting. I mean, maybe you just don't want to wait in that long drive through line. You're like, forget it. I'll, I'll grab a McDonald's coffee, not a Starbucks, because this is just ridiculous. Or I'll go in. I don't mind going in. I'll, I'll put my mask on and go in. I'm not going to wait in that line. It's going to take you too long. You don't want to wait. You'd rather be moving. You'd rather be active, right? You'd rather, like, let's get down the road. We love walking because it makes us feel successful. It makes us feel productive. I know it does for me. Like when I'm, when I'm walking, when I'm plowing through my day, I'm checking things off my to-do list, that, that feels good. But the weight of our faith, the waiting game is way harder than the walking. And that's the problem that the disciples were facing If you go on to read in Acts chapter 1, it says, When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, right? So they they weren't asking where he was going. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? That's, That's why you're here. That's what you're supposed to do. And he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into the clouds while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Here they are standing. 
staring into heaven. Jesus leaves. But their biggest concern was, are, are you going to like go ahead and restore the kingdom of Israel? Because you're the Messiah. That's what you promised to do. Or so they thought. They had their mind made up on what God's mission was. But God had a greater purpose and a greater mission. He's not just restoring Israel. He's restoring humanity. He's not just restoring one people group. He's restoring all people groups. He doesn't want to isolate just one type. He wants every type welcomed. God wants all people to come to know him. And they didn't understand that. They didn't get that. And in a moment, they were going to see a miracle that was going to blow them away and showcase this reality in a greater fashion than they ever could have imagined. But in the moment, they just thought, just do what you were supposed to do. You've spent your life. You did your ministry. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Cool. That's all great. But do what we thought you were supposed to do. We have to be careful in our life from assuming that we know better what God's mission is. That we have it figured out more. That we, for some reason, have been given more insight or wisdom than God himself. Because that's not the the, the case. We are to align with the mission that God has of restoring humanity to him. He's been working this plan far longer than you've been alive. He's been working this plan way longer than you could have dreamt up. In fact, it's gonna be more complex and creative and and incredible than you could have imagined. He wants you to be a part, but he wants you to ask where he's going rather than you demanding him go where you want. He wants our heart to be in alignment with him. And that is why Jesus said, you need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will come and will help you. Each part of the Godhead has its own specific role to play in our lives. We don't, we don't, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all incredibly important in your faith journey. The Holy Spirit is that advocate, it's that helper. You know, practically that means that it's going to help you have a, a better attitude towards other people. Because you, you can't do that on your own. I'm just telling you, like, you're human. And you form grudges. And you have issues with people because they make you upset. And they don't do things the way that you want them to do it. And the enemy loves using people to form wedges between you and God. He loves getting you offended at other people. He loves working in a way that's going to cause you to miss the very work of renewal that God is doing in your life. And some of you today... You have things going on in your life and they're bigger than you can handle on your own, but somehow you think that you're gonna solve your problems. Well, if I just talk to them or if I just yell at them or if I just change jobs or if I just do this or if I just do that, then I'm going to figure it out. Then I'm going to solve it. And I'm just telling you, you're not going to. You need the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the help. He's your helper. He has been sent so that you 
know you're not alone. So that you can remember that it's not all on you. The Holy Spirit helps us, but waiting on Him is hard. Some of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you've had the evidence of that with speaking in tongues or in another language, a heavenly language, and, and you've experienced that and, 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 and really been able to hold on to that. Can I tell you personally, I've walked this waiting journey. I grew up in church my whole entire life. My whole entire life, I grew up in the church. But it wasn't until, and, and I grew up in a Pentecostal Assemblies of God church. I watched people who were getting filled with the Holy Spirit time and time again. I saw this all through my childhood, and yet I could not experience that. And I couldn't understand why. And, and it got me to this place in, all the way into college where I was literally just not even sure if, if every person was meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've walked this journey of waiting, and the waiting is hard. The waiting is difficult. And I remember having conversations with people trying to understand why this wouldn't be happening in my life. Why have I not experienced this for myself? And I'll be the first one to tell you that you receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with how long you've been in church. It ha there are people who have been baptized in the Spirit the very moment they said yes to Jesus. And there are people like me who were completely opposite of that. Either way, the journey is following God and saying, where are you going? And how are you renewing me so that I can follow you? That's what the disciples were needing to do in this moment you know, it doesn't always make sense. It just doesn't. The weight of faith is harder. And the work of the Holy Spirit is confusing at times. He literally said, go and wait. That's what Jesus told the disciples. Go into Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. That is very confusing on the surface level. But it's, it's not meant to always make sense to us. That's why we have to put our faith in him. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved now know it is the very power of God. He also wrote in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one, come on, say that with me, no one, come on, put it in the chat, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What does that tell us this morning? That tells us that in following God, we will not know what God is up to unless we have the work of the Holy Spirit who will help us discern and be able to follow. You can spend the rest of your life trying to figure out what God is doing, and I'm telling you, you will be dissatisfied and confused. You won't understand it. Or you can spend the rest of your life asking the Holy Spirit to help you 
and he will discern what God is doing and he will impart to you what you need to know at the right time so that you can lead the people in your life, your children, your, your coworkers, your friends, your family. You will be able to lead and serve them the way that you are intended to because you ask the Holy Spirit for help. But a lot of times we don't ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We're scared of what that might mean. We're scared of, of what, what are we going to experience if the Holy Spirit like, comes upon us or, or baptizes us or all these words that maybe overwhelm our minds and our thinkings. Can I just tell you, he's an advocate. This is hard for humanity because we don't like getting help from people. We don't like being helped. We like going at it ourselves. We like standing on no one else's shoulders. We like to just say, look, I got to the top and nobody helped me. I just did it myself. Can I just tell you, that's the worst way to get to the top. You need people. And more importantly, you need God. And the Holy Spirit is your help. He is God himself helping you day by day. Day by day, we are being renewed. Day by day, the Holy Spirit will help us. In our waiting, we need to get active because when we are active in our waiting, it leads us to abundant living. It leads us to abundant living. Can I tell you this morning, I believe that some of you have been waiting for far too long and God is trying to help you understand that waiting is not the only thing he has asked you to do, but he has asked you to get active in your waiting. He wants you to be active. That is what happened. The the disciples were standing and staring up into the clouds. Okay, Jesus just left. This is horrible. He told us to wait. What do we do now? I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know either. I wish we could still see him. I wish he was here. I wish he would help us. He didn't give us enough instructions. I don't know what he's gonna do. He's probably not gonna come through, right? Then two angels appear to them and they're like, what are you doing? I don't know, waiting, I guess. (laughs) Like, no, that's that's not active waiting. That's passive waiting. God said to get active. So what did they do? They went back to the upper room. They started a prayer meeting. They went back to the upper room, the place where they sat around a table with Jesus and had the Last Supper. The same place where Jesus knelt down and washed their feet. This was the place that they learned servant leadership. This was the place that they learned fellowship. And this was the place that they were going to receive the power that God was going to give them for the ministry work that he had for them. But they had to get active in their waiting. See, I think that sometimes we misunderstand how Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't say, go sit in the corner and wait until I decide to give you something. Wait to see if if you're good enough and if you earned it. That's not how I parent my kids. I look for every opportunity to bless them. I look for every opportunity to be generous to them. I look for every opportunity. When they ask me for something, I love it. I absolutely love it. And that is the the way that we should understand and approach our, our prayer life. We need to be okay with the fact that Jesus himself told us to ask 
ask for the help. Ask for God to do something in your life. Seek him out. Ask where he is going and how you can be a part of that. He's not asking you to sit in the corner and just wait. He's not saying you need to prove yourself before I'm going to give. He says, ask. And you know what else he said? He said, then he will do it. He will do it. Do you have enough faith to move the heart of God with your prayers? Are you praying big enough prayers? Are you actively pursuing? Some of you, you got to get active. You've been sitting around for far too long just thinking, well, at some point, if I just keep going to church, God's going to do something for my life. God's like, you got to get active. Go start a prayer meeting. Go start a fast. Go pick up a devotional. Go do something that is going to challenge your life and grow your faith. Start praying. And then when you start praying, say, God, I know my prayers aren't big enough. Help me to pray bigger prayers. Help me to have more faith. There's joy found when you get active in your waiting. And when you are actively waiting, you will receive. You will receive. I believe God wants to depart things from heaven into your life. He wants to deposit them down into your soul, but you are going to have to get active in your waiting. Active waiting leads to abundant living. I want to invite the worship team to come because I believe here in a moment we need to turn this into a prayer meeting. Acts chapter 2, it says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They got active in their waiting. They began praying. They were in the upper room. They were where Jesus had been. They were like, we're just going to dig in. I don't know how this is supposed to look. I don't know how this is supposed to feel. And I don't even know what's supposed to come of it. But I just know we've got to get active in our waiting. How many times do we stay passive because we just don't know what the outcome should be? You're scared to pursue God because you don't know what he might do. You don't know what he might say to you. You don't know what he might call you to. You don't know what he might stretch your faith in. And so you get scared or you get passive. You say, well, I'll wait on the Lord until he moves in my comfort zone. God wants to move you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, but I, I like waiting until he moves in this comfort zone. No, but he, like, that's not faith. He wants you to have faith. Yeah, I know, but, like, this is, this is, you know, like, like that, so often, that's how we operate. We, 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 oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, we have very little faith sometimes. Actually, a lot of the times. And God's like, if you can just get a little bit of faith, it'll push you so far out of your comfort zone and things will happen that you couldn't have imagined would happen. Like mountains could move. 
Literal mountains could be moved, thrown into the sea. Like, things could happen that are just astonishing. And that's what happened in the life of the disciples. They got active in their waiting. They started praying. They had this prayer meeting. The the Bible teaches us that they were praying in the upper room for 10 straight days. And on the day of Pentecost... It just so happens that thousands and thousands and thousands of people had come to the city of Jerusalem for Pentecost from all over, different countries. They didn't plan that. They didn't didn't strategically say, we're going to pray all the way till Pentecost and then we're going to do something awesome. But just so happened that all these people show up for Pentecost and on that 10th day, on the day of Pentecost, as they are praying, the Holy Spirit is now deposited into their life in a way they never previously experienced, a work of God in their life that they never had previously enjoyed to the point that what looked like tongues of fire fell upon each of their heads and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. They spoke in other tongues. What does that mean? Well, that was the baptism, right? Like water baptism that washes away the sins, right? Like it's not miracle water when you're baptized. Let's just all understand that for a second. Like when somebody gets baptized in water, it's not the water that's miraculous and all of a sudden, whoo, that was crazy. I've never felt so refreshed by water before. No, that's not the case. Jesus already did the work. He already already changed you inside. The water is just a representation of that. The water is the physical sign of you saying, I've been washed. I've been cleaned. And so it is with the tongues. The tongues are the physical sign for you to say, I've been filled. I have the power. I have the ability. I can do what God wants me to do now. I can be who he wants me to be. It's the physical sign that he has done it. That you don't have to wonder. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, if it happened or if it didn't happen. Or You'll know. Because God wants you to know. He wants you to know that he's at work in your life. He wants you to know that he's renewing you. They were filled with the Spirit. And as they were filled with the Spirit, an outpouring came and all of these people from all of these different countries, thousands of people, turn their face towards the upper room and they say, what is happening? What is this? And it wasn't because they planned some great event. They weren't having a bike palooza. They weren't having an Easter service. They weren't, they weren't doing any of that. All of a sudden, the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit were like, these people are, are confused. And Peter's like, um... Well, let me tell you about this journey we've been on. And he begins to tell them the message of Jesus. And 3,000 people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Just like that. 
because active waiting leads to abundant living. Now, I don't know if you being filled with the Spirit is going to lead to 3,000 people getting saved, but I do know this, it will lead to an abundance in your life. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit and that's deposited down into your life, you will be filled, you will be full, you will sense the abundant work of God in your life. This morning, I just wonder what would happen if you got active in your waiting. I wonder what would happen if we turned this moment into a prayer meeting. Some of you have waited for far too long. You need to ask. It's not hard. I want to coach you. I want to help you. I want to guide you. But I, it's, it's not up to me. This is you and God journeying together. I believe today is your day to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is your day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will deposit into you something you've never had before. He will do something that you've never felt before and it will change the way you live. Come on, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you in your living rooms, on your feet. I want you anywhere on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we worship? Can we just get our hearts ready? Let's get ready for what God's gonna do. Sing unto Him. Like a rushing wind. The Spirit is overwhelming us. Holy Spirit, heal our lives. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. You're the helper. Even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you work. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. on right now. Get active. Get active in your waiting. You got to ask the Lord to baptize you. You've got to ask the Lord to fill you. God, the Holy Spirit, would you fill us today? Don't, don't just pursue the, the language or the tongues of fire. Don't just pursue the feeling. Pursue your God. Pursue your God. He loves you. He loves you so much. He wants to help you today. He knows you're hurting. He knows you're broken. He knows you're disappointed. He knows you're offended. Thank you, Jesus. 
Some of you have been so broken that you're not asking God for anything. You're so hurt. You're so wounded that you have no joy. And you have no joy because you haven't welcomed the Holy Spirit into your life. God wants you to smile. God wants you to live happy. God wants you to live with purpose. God wants you to live with peace, but you can't because you haven't invited the Holy Spirit into your life. Come on, I want you to just pray right now. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna be active in my waiting. I lay down my hurt. I lay down my shame. I lay down my offense. You gotta lay that down. You gotta lay down every single thing that stands between you and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't let anything hinder you right now. And it's hard because your pride says, yeah, but they did this. They said this. Well, but, but if God only knew, or, or you know, if you only knew, pastor, you gotta lay it down. Put it at the feet of Jesus. The only thing left for you to carry out of this room is the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Stop carrying the things of this world. Stop carrying the things that you were unintended to carry. And allow the Holy Spirit to be deposited into your life. Come on, right now, I want you to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Begin to stretch yourself because He's going to, he's going to give you words to say. They're words that you may not know. And you're just gonna start saying it. You're just gonna try it. It's right there. It's on the tip of your tongue. This isn't some weird thing that's going, it's gonna come. It's just, it's gonna come right to you. And you're just gonna have to say it. You're gonna have to open your mouth. It is just like confessing your sins to God. Open your mouth and begin to speak the heavenly language that he has granted to you. Come on, right now, I want you to lift your prayer voice. I want you to raise your faith in this place. Come on. Stretch towards heaven. Holy Spirit, we want you. Set people free. Break the chains. Break the chains. Be our help. Be our support. Be our advocate today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit, fill them. 
Holy Spirit, may they receive what you have for them today. Deposit into their life. Fill them. Replace the hurt. Replace the brokenness. Replace the offense. Replace the frustration. Replace the pain. Holy Spirit, be our help today. Each person who's in this room, each person right now, Holy Spirit, who's watching from their living room or their kitchen or their phone, each one of them right now, I pray that you would fill them in a moment right where they're at. May they receive what you have for them from heaven on high. Pour it out. Pour it out, God. We pray heaven would rain down upon us. It's what we need. It's what our soul needs. We need help. We need you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just one more minute. Can we just wait upon the Lord? Actively wait in your own way. It may be that you just need to simply whisper, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm grateful. Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me. Thank you for coming into my life. Come on, whisper those prayers right now. Let the Lord fill you up and give you the words to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, morning you may be here in the room you may be watching online and you're like man what's what's going on what's happening the reality is is the supernatural is happening the heavenly power has been poured out this is not supposed to be natural But maybe, just maybe, you're sitting here today and this doesn't make any sense to you. And it's exactly what Paul said. It's the foolishness of those who are perishing because you you haven't surrendered to Jesus. You haven't said yes to him as the Lord of your life. You haven't said, I welcome you in as my savior and as my Lord. And until you make that choice, which is a step of faith, it is a confession of faith. Until you make that choice, this will seem ridiculous. But as you make that choice, the spirit is beginning a work in your life. As you surrender, he begins to help you. He begins to make sense of the things that are from on high. Today, maybe you need to make that choice to surrender to Jesus. You could be here in this room or you could be watching. And I just want to encourage you right now, if you need to make that decision, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to put your hands up in the air if you're surrendering to Jesus. And I want you to say, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender. I give you my life. Please forgive me and be the Lord and Savior of my life. 
Friends, thanks for tuning into the Evangel Palatine Church podcast. The Evangel Palatine Church is located at 4801 Emerson Avenue in Palatine, Illinois. Evangel Church, you belong here.